Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Hello, and welcome to episode 39, What's in a Name? How are you? Hope you're well. We're uh, suffering a little bit of a freeze here in the UK this weekend. Snow is forecast for pretty much most of the country today, which wouldn't be so much of a problem if I was supposed to be staying at home. But the plan is today that we drive down to Oxfordshire and stay at my parents with a view then to going to see the Leonardo exhibition at the National Gallery tomorrow on its last day at five o'clock. Yes, I know. Today is Saturday, the 4th of February, and tomorrow is Sunday the 5th, and I need to be back at work 200 miles from London, you know, by eight o'clock on Monday the 6th, and my husband actually needs to be on a flight out of Manchester Airport at seven o'clock. I didn't plan that very well, did I? It was a genuine mistake. We were watching the tickets go before Christmas, um, that were available on the internet and I was absolutely convinced that we had to go but I was also absolutely convinced when I booked it for the last day of the exhibition that it was Saturday it was Saturday the 5th of February absolutely convinced and it was only just before Christmas when I was trying to make a hair appointment that I realised that actually no, Saturday was the 4th and therefore the 5th must be a Sunday so the original plan of it being at five o'clock in London and then, you know, mooching back to Oxfordshire to stay with my parents just went down the swanee. But I'm so reluctant not to go because obviously it's the whole idea of having a collection of Leonardo da Vinci's works together in Britain to be viewed is just so amazing um, that I really, really, really wanted to go. So... You know, we'll see, because we're supposed to be heading down today, but there is this snow forecast, and as my husband said, it's, yes, it's all then forecast to clear for tomorrow, but it will be icy everywhere. So we've got to keep an eye out on the weather, I think. He's still safely tucked up in bed. I've been up for a little bit, pottling about, and uh, decided to come into the conservatory and record. However, there are some people driving up and down behind the house so you may occasionally hear a little bit of traffic noise I was listening back to last week's episode and I was charmed by the bird noise you could hear in the background the windows are all closed in the conservatory because it is so cold but I do have um, some of the vents open to make sure that it doesn't get too much condensation in it and that's what's allowing the bird noise through I think so I can hear the is it blackbird? No, it's the starlings. The starlings are chattering away in the background in the garden at the moment as I record. Um, oh, and there's another van noise. So I hope that it doesn't prove too distracting for you. Um, obviously, I'll need to just make sure I record a little earlier in future so I only get the birds. So, what have you been up to? In the, I've done a little bit more knitting this week. I'm ploughing through the back of my second sample of my three colour cable cushion and then I actually need to seam the bits together uh, I've got one lot blocking and uh, the second one, as I say, nearly done the back that's the only knitting I've done so far this week I have done some spinning though I've carried on spinning the 
Cheviot from Shunkley's. And I have to say, um, do you know, do you remember I said it looked more purple? And I just seem to be getting these peachy browns. Well, actually, I got home from work. I was on a meeting on Wednesday afternoon. So I actually got home from work before it was dark. And when I actually got the spinning wheel out to have a look at it, it was like, oh, look, there's the purple. <laughs> I think the purple's more at one end of the braid than at the other. So I have spun peachy browns and there's some pinks in it, but I am coming to a purple stretch. So I'll just need to think about that when I decide how I'm going to ply it. I don't know how I'm going to ply it yet, um, whether it's going to be a two-ply or uh, a Navajo ply, I don't know. So we'll we'll see how it goes. I was looking in the bobbin as well on Wednesday and I, I sort of started thicker. I've gone thinner and thinner and thinner as I've been spinning. Um, I've sort of just sort of relaxed into it and it's spinning really quite fine at the minute, but the beginning of the bobbin is possibly one and a half, maybe even two times as thick, but it's not, you know, it doesn't look like rope. It just looks like rope compared to the frog hair at the, <laughs> at the other end that's coming out in the minute. So I may need to, um, I mean, just ply it back on itself just to calm it down. Or I may ply it with a completely different solid. I did talk about that and I'm just having fun just spinning it at the moment. But actually I'm now desperate to get it off the, the wheel, which sounds really terrible because I've only, I've split it into four and then pre-drafted it. And this is only the first of the four, but I ordered some new fiber. I, I know I don't need it. I have, I have much, I have much yarn. I have much fiber. Um, but John at Easy Knits put up, some spinning that he had done. He had tried a new way of dyeing fibre. So instead of, it looks, instead of as if he's immersed it in a kettle dye, he's been squirting blotches onto the fibre and then he spun it up. Um, he split it into three, spun it up and um, did a three-ply yarn. And it's just gorgeous, really mottled, really, really nice and doesn't look a bit like the skeins. So the skeins are really loud um, but the yarn is really subtle, but really different and really, you know, it looks like hand spun, but not lumpy. It's very, very even the one that he's done, but it's just got that wonderful mix of colors through the plying that you don't get, um, really with machine spun yarn very much. So I am desperate to spin that. It feels really floofy as well because it's not been totally immersed in the dyeing process. The, um, fiber feels really really floofy it's superwash merino and nylon which i've not actually spun lots of people when i've been looking on the uk uh, spinners forum on ravelry they don't seem to like spinning um, superwash they feel that the superwash treatment does something to make the sp uh, the fibers feel very flat when they spin them um i don't know obviously I've, i'll see when i spin it i have to say the 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 feel of it in the braid is very very floofy and Oh, I'm just itching. So it's it's the punk dyed um, fibres. It spells it P-U-N-C-K. Um, but they're very, very bright, but very splotchy on the braid. And they're just, it's really, really nice. I really, really like it. So I can't wait to spin that up. On to uh, anything else? Well, no, I haven't got anything else. Sorry. No crochet, no weaving, no felting nothing just more looking at assessment data <laughs> but never mind um i've got one more week of term and then it's uh, half term 
and I can really do with catching up some sleep. I just don't seem to be getting very much sleep at the moment. And and because we've been rushing around doing something every weekend, I don't feel like I've relaxed much either. Um, of course, I'm not getting much chance to, well, not much chance to relax over half term. We're, we're actually going away for a few days to the lakes, which will be brilliant. I'm so looking forward to having been to the lakes for ages. And we've um, booked in the bed and breakfast that we normally stay in, but we haven't stayed there for three and a half years. But we've made the discovery since we've booked it that actually the people that owned it appear to have sold up. So I don't know if they've retired. Um, they'd probably be mid-60s, so they might have done. Um, so part of me is really disappointed because I really liked them. They came originally from the town I came from in Oxfordshire. So, And, and it was through my uncle, actually, that I ended up staying with them the first time. But it, they're just so lovely and so down-to-earth and just really nice. So I shall miss them. Um, but a few days in the lakes will just be beautiful. I love it. Didn't make enough of it when I lived there. But there we are. In terms of a review, well, I'm really sorry. Still haven't got my little sticky paws on the Fleece and Fibre Source book. Um, I'm hoping that to actually get a chance to read that properly next weekend. Uh, really looking forward to that. And my something I really like this week is... I know it sounds really terrible. It's my conservatory. <laughs> How terrible is that? How, you know, something I really like. Ooh, it's something I spent a lot of money on. It's in the back of my house. Now, the title of this episode is What's in a Name? And that's because it did occur to me as I was talking about it last episode that maybe not everyone used the word conservatory. And indeed, somebody actually left a message. I can't remember if it was a message on the show notes or a message on Ravelry, but just to comment that they didn't know what a conservatory was. Um, they were in the northeastern United States and they didn't know what a conservatory was. So I thought, you know what, that is quite remiss. I am making this assumption, as I do, that of course you all understand exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, that's a really silly assumption to make. So my conservatory is a room that has been built onto the back of my house. We have taken out the dining room window and replaced it with a set of French windows which is what here in Britain we call a full-length glass door and then normally they actually come in pairs so you open both of them to come out so it's um, wider than a normal external door. These then open out onto a room that is built onto the back of the house but it's not built solidly with brick. Conservatories were originally built as almost like glass houses or greenhouses to be warm places to grow plants. So in the Victorian era, a conservatory was basically a greenhouse that was attached to your house and you grew your exotic plants in it. There are still conservatories like that around the country, but in Britain, generally a conservatory is, is now used not so much for growing plants in, but just as a, an additional room in the house. What makes it different to anything else is that it is generally added on outside of the footprint of the main house. It is a single storey building. It has a glass roof and the walls will only be bricked to maybe... Um, knee height or just above and then the rest of the walls are glass the there is normally access from the house usually through 
um, French windows, double glass doors, and then there are double glass doors or French windows out into the garden. And that's what we've done. The one thing that we've got slightly different is that because we are the end house on a, a corner plot um, in a cul-de-sac, the, there are people who look onto the side of our house um, as well as people facing us and then people a long way behind. There is a road between us and them. And so instead of my simple square conservatory being glass walls, all three sides, two sides are glass walls, the sides, the two sides that face into the garden and then the side that faces onto the road and onto the houses that face it uh, is actually a six foot six brick wall. And then the roof comes from the top of that. So there's an awful lot of light in here. The colours never quite look natural in here. It's green paint, I think I mentioned last time, but it looks very yellow because the roof glass is tinted blue to cut down on reflection and to try and keep the heat in. So it does change the colours subtly within here. You don't notice it so much during the day apart from... Uh, as I said, the walls look yellow rather than green, which is what they are. Um, but it shows up in photographs. There are There's a, a very bluish tinge and a cool tinge to, to any photographs I take in here. But it's absolutely delightful. It's We've decided it's going to be a sort of a chill-out space. So we've got um, an iPod docking station, um, a Bose one, so it's you know good quality sound coming out from it. And we've got a sofa which came last Saturday afternoon, which I'm sitting on at the moment with my feet tucked under a fleece blanket because it's a bit nippy. And we've got a little chair, a poang sort of rocking chair, and a little nest of tables. But it's not going to have a TV space in it. And although we said, yes, you could bring the laptop in to watch a DVD, that's not what we're planning on using it. It's going to be a reading, spinning, chilling, listening to music space. Um, because it is standard double glazed French window unit between the house and here. I'm actually sat in it at the moment with the doors shut and I can't hear the tumble dryer, which I know is on. I can't hear my husband listening to the television in the sitting room and because we've got a through sitting room diner and it's really good. I've, I'm sort of soundproofed from the rest of the house if I so wish it to be. Uh, which, of course, when I'm recording a podcast, I do wish it to be. In I had a look on um, Wikipedia, and in America, I think these rooms are sometimes called sunrooms, um, which, of course, makes sense, because you would, it, it, because it is predominantly glass, you will have, you know, a lot of sun in it. We have a heater, so it takes the edge off, but today it is particularly cold, so I am, I've tucked my feet under this fleecy blanket to keep them warm because I'm too lazy to go and find my slippers. And, you know, it's cool in here, but it's not, it's not uncomfortable. It's, I've only got one layer on and I'm okay. So, and this is probably as cold as it's been. It was minus five, I think, last night. And I don't think it's risen over freezing yet this morning. Um, so we wait to see what it will be like in the summer. I hope it doesn't actually get so hot that it's uncomfortable in here. But I suspect it won't because it's north facing. So it's not like it's going to get a lot of direct sun 
I always think a south-facing conservatory must be sweltering um, here in the Northern Hemisphere, obviously. If it was in the Southern Hemisphere, I'm guessing a northern-facing conservatory would be would be hot. But um, it's, oh, I don't know, It's just it has become my favourite room in the house. I just absolutely love it. I love coming in here and having a bit of a chill out. So I've bought the spinning wheel in it. it it actually makes the look place look slightly cluttered. It's by the side of the sofa when it's tucked out and not being used. I suspect if we actually do clear out the office space and use it as a proper hobby space, it can live in there and then I'll just bring it through when I want to spin, I think, because it it just breaks up the clean lines of the conservatory and I'm just so enjoying having a clean line and minimal clutter that I don't really want it to look spoiled. Is that terrible? hope not anyway that was the, the something i really like and i hope that's also explained the title the what's in a name so for anyone who was pondering and wondering why on earth in the last two episodes i've been talking about this conservatory and thinking what what's she talking about that's what i'm talking about it's the new room in my house that has given us you know more space and so much light and it's it, the knock-on effect is it's given us a lot more light in the dining room as well which is brilliant that's where I tended to be working rather than in the um, in the office because that's, like I say, that was the garage and it's quite a cold room even though it's got a radiator. So that's that. Something I really like, my new conservatory. Now, final part of today's episode, it is a quite a short one today, is the results of the giveaway. So I used a random number generator at random... I think it's randomgenerator.org or randomnumbergenerator.org. I just went on to uh, search for random number generator and found one. So these are completely random. I put, as everyone entered, leaving a message either on the Blogspot site or the Podbean site or the Ravelry group or as an email. I put them all in order on my spreadsheet. So everyone was assigned a number based entirely on when they were uh, left their comment. And I then generated two random numbers, one for the lace weight group, which had, I think, 30 entries, and one for the sock weight, which had 43, I think. And so, with no further ado, the winner of the lace weight yarn of which I have chosen Poshiana Cecilia in Beetle. It is green, but there are blues in it, and there are um, sort of some yellow tones as well. I hope that it won't be one that pools, because actually, although it looks green when you look at it, there are these blue patches in it. So I'm hoping that it will actually look beautiful when it's knit up and won't have pooly splodges. Um, and when I looked at the parakeet, which is the other green lace weight I have, um, that also has different colours in it. So it's not quite as the semi-solid that I thought it was. I got it in either 2007 or 2008. So it has a handwritten label on it. It is, I think it's 1300 yards and 100 grams. And the winner of that is, I wish I could do a drum roll. Yeah, that's my attempt at a drum roll. Sando. So, Sando, if you would like to uh, drop me an email 
with your address and I will get that in the post to you as soon as possible. The sock weight, I then entered in the numbers for that and the winner of the sock weight. Now I, this could be up for negotiation because I had chosen based on what they said they'd like to make on it. I had chosen Martha, which is 80% Merino, 10% cashmere, 10% nylon because it is a sock yarn and it's 400 yards and it's gorgeous but I'd chosen a solid red but the winner actually says her favourite colours are blues and purples so I hope that this is alright the winner is from again from the random number generator again from uh, the Ravelry board is another sad attempt at a drum roll Kath Wood now Kath I do have some daisy sock yarn, which is in purples and pinks, but that's very variegated. And I'm not sure if you want to make a shawlette knit, it's necessarily all that nice. But it is in my, um, I'm fairly sure it's in my stash, photographed. Um, let me just double check for you. Da -da -da -da. Notebook. Oop. Stash. Search. Oop. Bosh. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it is. I I do have the daisy on there, and it's um, the June sock club. So it's called June colour, uh, June wedding. So have a little look. If you'd rather have that than the red Martha, um, then you know, drop say so when you get drop me a line with your address, please. Um, I think the Martha is gorgeous. It's this very strong red. So I thought it would look really nice for a um, a shawlette. But if you'd rather have the purple, pink, but it is there's quite a lot of pink in it. Um, of June wedding then let me know uh, you're welcome to either of them thank you very much everybody who entered it was lovely to read all of the ideas I did I had did laugh that there were a couple of people who entered they entered um, when they first heard episode 37 and then when I reminded them uh, yesterday last week about the giveaway in episode 38 you entered again <laughs> Which did make me smile. I didn't know whether you'd forgotten you'd entered or whether you were just hoping that, you know, increase your chance. So um, it's the kind of thing that I would do, I have to say. So thank you very much, everybody who entered. It was lovely. I can't actually believe that the random number generator has picked two people that probably live within uh, an hour of where I live. <laughs> which made me laugh. Talk about keeping it local. And talking about local, I'm just going to finish off with a plea. Okay, this is, yes, it's a local plea, but actually it can be nationwide. Woolsack. I've got a thread up on the Ravelry group as a call to arms for Woolsack cushions. Come on, people. Where are those Woolsack cushions from the yards from the plain listeners? I want to see them there. Get making a cushion. Come on, all of you. Daisy Frog, where's yours? I'm sure you could get your cushion. Get it up there. Show me a picture of it. You can even come to my stuffing event in April. 
Come on, all those people in Heswall. Helen, where's yours? I want to see your woolsack cushions. Show me what you're doing for woolsack. One teeny tiny cushion. Well, 16 inches. Honestly, it's not stressful. It's not massively challenging. I can point you in the direction of many nice, simple patterns that will see you right. But I'd love to see what my listeners do. Dr. Gemma's listeners make amazing bears for Mother Bear. I'm going to try and make a bear for Mother Bear as well. But I want my listeners to be the ones that make the woolsack cushions. And like I said, if you can't find a woolsack event near you, send it to me and I'll stuff it for you. I'm hosting at least one stuffing event that I'm aware of, possibly two. So I want these woolsack cushions. I am so excited by everything. I had somebody from the spinning group ring me up this week to say that she'd made some more little squares. How exciting is that? I can't wait to see what we've got. But I want to see what woolsack cushions you're doing too. I can't believe none of you are making a woolsack cushion. Please, please, please go and put pictures up on that thread for me. All right. Okay. I promise not to bully and hector you again. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, I love to hear from you. You can email me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com. You can leave a message over on the Ravelry board. You can stick a pin in the listener's map. No one's stuck a pin in the listener's map for a while. Still stuck on a hundred pins. Come on, stick a pin in. Show me where you live, especially if you don't live in Europe or North America, or in Australia, I want to see where you are. You can also leave a comment on the show notes at yarnsfromtheplane at, po- at sorry, yarnsfromtheplane.podbean.com and yarnsfromtheplane.blogspot.com. Until next time, wish me luck as I battle with the weather, and I wish you safe and happy crafting time. Bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plain. Show notes and links are available at the Yarns from the Plain show page at yarnsfromtheplain.podbean.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can leave a comment over there on the show page, or you can email me at yarnsfromtheplain at googlemail.com, or message me on Ravelry, where I'm Tales from the Plain. Until next time, take care, and thanks for listening. <laughs>